0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Second Act with me, Bonnie Somerville. I have a really special guest today that I'm really excited about because she's not the normal type of guest and I'm really trying to bring you guys a different myriad of people from all walks of life and this person is truly that. Um, Before I forget, don't forget to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review and leave five stars. Thank you very much. Follow me at Bonds Somerville which is my own personal Instagram and also at second underscore act underscore podcast where you can leave me messages. I haven't been getting a bunch lately because I kind of went off grid for a minute, but I still want to answer all of your questions and keep in touch with you guys. So do that. Okay. So I've known this person since she was a baby, literally a baby. Um, our parents worked together. I watched her grow up you know, bring your daughter to work day. We weren't really that close because she was younger than me, but we both grew up in New York. We both went to private schools. Um, And then we would just run into each other over the years in New York City. And this girl at 38 years old has truly done more than I'll ever do in my career and most people on the planet and is also the most humble girl about it. Um, She has been the first out Lesbian America's next top model, and how she got on that show, is a pretty awesome story about, especially going after what you want, and and um having the balls to go for it. Um, her next act was everything from an author to law school to business school to restaurateur to going back to school to then working on Wall Street. To Oh, also a little spin modeling along the way. Oh, and also hosting a couple of MTV shows along the way. Oh, and then there was that time where she canvassed for presidents. Yeah. If it makes you sound like you haven't done enough in life, you probably haven't. Here's my friend, Kim Stoltz. All right, I'm really excited. I have someone on who I personally think is the definition of a badass. I've also known her since she was a little, tiny, little chubby, little big blue-eyed baby uh, because our parents worked together for 30-something years at Goldman Sachs. And this woman has done more in 38 years than most of us will ever do in their lifetime. And it's the most beautiful, fabulous Kim Stoltz.
1: Hi. Thank you. So much. Hi, Bonnie. I think that was a little bit too kind, but I'll take
0: it. It's actually not because when when we go over everything you've done, I mean, you're modest, but it's pretty incredible, like what you've achieved so far in life. And that's part of why I thank you for doing this. But second act is all about that. And it's about, you know, starting over, picking yourself up, whatever it is, whether you get fired, divorced, married, kids, you know, me, canceled shows. And like, how do you reinvent yourself all the time? So, when I thought of you, I was like, oh my God, I know this fabulous woman that has done that so many times.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I've had quite an eclectic career and had many starts and stops and, you know, I guess I have done some reinventing. So you have me right there. Right.
0: So, we, okay, we'll start with that. Our parents worked together at Goldman Sachs. So I met Kim when she was little. Well, I'm older than her. I don't want to say how much older than her. Bye, bye. She was like the cutest kid ever. And I loved your dad. Um, hi, Ray. Okay. Shout out to Ray. Who doesn't? He's crazy. The best. And our <laughs> parents worked together. And then, so you grew up on the Upper East Side of New York, right? Yep. Upper East Side, whole life. Went to uh, a nice prep school like I did. Yeah, went, certainly. Then you went to college and you studied political. It sounds even too smart.
1: Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm like, as if I remember, I think I studied political science. Sounds political right. science.
0: And you wrote your thesis <laughs> on foreign affairs, like foreign affairs. Like that is, that is,
1: I mean, that I do remember because I like worked way too many hours on it. I think I wrote it on the impact of um, exit strategies on U.S. intervention abroad. But everyone will fall asleep on this podcast if I say any more about that. That, so and it. she's hot and was oh kind of well bizarre bizarre. Bizarre. no
0: like how many girls on any model any competition show <laughs> could even say that sentence I mean no offense I was a model too we're, barely we're, said we're it we're not all dumb um so what did you want to be at first like what was your first thing you wanted
1: to be? um oh god when I was in college um I really I really wanted to work for the state department in foreign affairs that was that was what I wanted to do. I (laughs) I don't know at this point. Um, I don't know. I was always obsessed with politics. I thought international relations was really interesting. I think I, um, I think I just got really obsessed with like, just like the impact that national interest has on a, on a government's action abroad and like where humanity kind of like interacts with that or not. Um, and I, I liked writing papers on it, but I wanted to be more part of the action. So I, I thought, you know, being at the State Department would be a good way to do that. Um, I, of course, totally went a different direction. Right. But so, so, that was a nice idea when I was like 19. Look, <laughs> like,
0: I'm going to save. The, I know that. I'm going to save the world, and now I'm going to be a contestant right, on and America's now I'm going Next to Top Model.
1: Threw up the world. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah.
0: So, so what happened after college? What like what was that next move?
1: Um, well, no, I mean, what happened is I was actually writing that very same senior thesis. Uh, and I was taking a break with some friends from the, the studies and, um, America's Sex Top Models, the show came on. It was on like the second season and no one had really heard of it. And I didn't even really know what reality television was, but as it is quite addictive, I, I got, I got kind of into it and we were watching and then we, we were sort of joking around that like, what if us like, you know, nerdy Wesleyan students, um, what if one of us like tried out for the show? Wouldn't that be kind of crazy? Um, only a couple of us were the, were the, were, were tall enough. To, to like make the audition. Um, so we kind of threw a bet and I lost the bet, which meant that I went to the audition. Um, and I went to this audition that was like, actually like 40 minutes away from where I went to college in Connecticut uh, and thought I had no shot. And everyone was like lined up, all these girls were like lined up around this like massive parking lot. It was like totally insane. I was like, what do I got myself into? But whatever, I'll never get on. There were 34,000 people trying out that year for the 12 spots that they had, or I guess it was like the 16 spots for the semifinals and the 12 spots they ended up choosing. Um, But when I got into the audition, um, I think I said the key word, which is that I was gay. (laughs) And I think they were like, great, you're on, (laughs) let's do it. So, cause back then, I mean, this is a million years ago, back then being gay was like, super interesting and well, like wow like how new on television and now it's like everybody's gay, and nobody cares which is a good thing everybody's but, now, I, um, now i
0: don't know what everybody is everybody's a million things like i can't like right. what
1: well what year the was that is, being gay then was like incredible um 2005 yeah and also like i also love that about you too that you were
0: so always so open about it like you were out like when nobody was out you know, people were still afraid. You know, You've been
1: so- I mean, I have to credit growing up in New York City and my high school. Really, was the most open minded, most amazing place. I mean, talk about reinventing yourself, whoever you were, whatever you wanted to be. Yeah, it was cool at a place like that. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think I that was that I, I had a lot of help um, to become quite as open and and honest and just proud as I was. Um, and I think I also knew that. You know, there were a lot of pretty girls in that line. And if, if I were to make it, I better come up with something. So really? I was like, I think being gay is kind of interesting. And that's who I am. So why don't I just uh, want to just tell them about it? And that was a huge deal for the show. Huge I mean, show. the first yeah.
0: out model ever. I mean, like models, when I was growing up, when I was modeling, I mean, there were so many gay models and bi-models and, you know, all. but that yeah. was in the 90s. Nobody would say a word about anything.
1: Yeah. Being out on national television was... Uh, was totally insane what was that but, like? like what? um it was crazy because you were at i actually what well, the best part about it is that it kind of I, I kind of had i stopped having to come out to people because once that show aired everybody that i knew and you know any mutual friends and friends of friends and friends and friends all were like this is so funny that this girl's doing this everybody kind of knew and then any job i applied for uh somehow it got around there too so i, I guess it just sort of like i guess i added myself Like I kind of front loaded the rest of my life coming out (laughs) because you always have to, you know, coming out, you you kind of come out progressively always, right? Your life because there's always somebody that doesn't know. So you're like always doing it. Right. So you Um, kind
0: of had to you already you didn't have to have that conversation. You were like, I did it on national TV.
1: Yeah. And I think the cool part was that when I first was coming out, I think we were really unsure about how some members of my family might take it. And when the show happened, all of them just rallied behind me and they were amazing. And, you know, people were living in the deep south and they were hugely supportive. And I think that really gave me um, a really positive feeling about the world that sometimes when you're younger, it can get a bit dented by the way certain things happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly lucky. I have so many friends that went through just horrible times with their own family. And I can't imagine that. Like, I mean, I can't, I just, I, my heart breaks for them. Like one of my best friends, like it's
1: not, it has not been easy for everybody. That's for sure
0: so did when you were on the show um did they try to like skew that behind the scenes like try to get you to like hook up with the girls and-
1: I, I talk about this well, i mean i definitely did hook up with one of the girls on the show but they weren't they didn't make me do that <laughs> um, but, but what they did do um which is funny because it actually came out last year and i think tyra apologized for it um Uh, She got a lot of, I don't know if you saw this, but she got a lot of of negative press about a year ago for um, how she treated certain people in the show and kind of behind the scenes, how she pushed people into certain identities, et cetera. Um, And for me, like I always, you know, identified as, um, as a gay woman, but a feminine gay woman. And um, on the show, they really pushed me um, as much as possible to be as, I mean, masculine, I guess you could say as possible and, and, and sort of made me do the specific shoots that were, you know, geared towards that. And I think they really conflated gender and sexuality, which people don't do so much anymore, but, um, but was definitely happening then. So that was, that was the one part that was a little bit annoying. And I want to look back at it. It was actually a lot more messed up than I thought it was even then. Um, But in the end, I mean, look, you sign up for a reality show, you know, you can't, you can't really be offended when things are kind of screwed up. (laughs) It's just what you, it's what you were walking into.
0: Yeah. They made you do, like you did a lot of photo shoots that were like you know, the edgy rock star, like the typical, like, yeah, you know, right. like, you know, right, as opposed exactly. to the soft, like Maybelline, you know,
1: I'm just like, you know, I can do both. Of course, but, you know, I mean, you're I beautiful. You could do anything like only be that, you know, let's, yeah. let's, let's like, take it easy a little bit, guys.
0: Yeah. It's the same in my business too. They, they, you know, they want you to be a certain look. If you look a certain way, no one could ever, I mean, I just did my first role ever where I got to be someone different and Southern and crazy. Cool. And, and it's like, Oh, I look a certain way. So I can't play those roles. I mean, obviously, right. unless you're Nicole, yeah. unless you're, you know, A-list, then, then you could play whatever you yeah. want.
1: Whatever
0: you want. Um, so you uh, made uh, it to, so that, what you were you, like five? I know I know this because I had I would, friends. I mean, you and I hadn't been in touch because I was already in LA and you were younger than me, but I would, my mom, everybody was so proud of you, you know, like everybody at work.
1: And my dad at Goldman Sachs, I cannot, oh, can he you? was like, when he thought I was going to be on the show, he was like, you're doing what? <laughs> I know. (laughs) And then I I came out on national television. He's like, he did what? I know my (laughs) mom
0: got that too. You know
1: what? All of it. Colleagues and your mom absolutely were just super supportive. They were so
0: proud of you. So then I start watching the show, and then all my friends that watch the show, and all my gay friends that watch the show, I was like, I know her. Like I know that girl. I know her dad. I see her dad when I go to the <laughs> office. I mean, it was it was like super cool. So good, yeah. And did you like? I mean, you made it to five. That's like pretty. Li-
1: yeah, I was in I was in fifth place. So I think I was in like eleven out of thirteen episodes.
0: And then was, was it? Like behind the scenes, was it really like awful or the girls? Not, like, you know, you hear stories about. No, her.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, there were definitely a couple of girls that stirred it up and, you know, were a bit mean, but I've always been like pretty good in group situations. Um, I made some actually really good friends on that show. a so couple of whom I still keep in touch with and uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, the production was difficult. You didn't really get sleep. They kind of push you to the brink. And then you know, you're know you filming, I mean, you know how this is. You're filming for however many days in a row and then the editing gets down to almost nothing. So they're only picking and choosing the moments that kind of exemplify who they want you to be. Right. Um, and that's like frustrating, but like, again, you joined a reality television show, like what did you expect? Right. <laughs> so I kind of took it, I just kind of had fun with it also because I didn't really want to be a model. Like I, that, wasn't, that wasn't something I wanted. I wanted to work in the state department or like do something else. So, um, you know, it, for the other girls, I think it was like nerve wracking all the time and they were panicking and I'm very competitive. So, of course, the second I got on it, I was like, well, I got to win this thing, even though I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know what I was even trying to win. But um, but I think I was able to, like, make light of it a little bit more. Yeah, you know, yeah,
0: because you that's had it wasn't you your dream. It. Yeah, that's me I too. It. I I it
1: wasn't to like, get me out of my hometown. I was like, I don't want to leave my hometown. All right. You're like,
0: I'm from New York City, <laughs> bitches. Like, yeah, but... I'm like, I'm where I am
1: actually. <laughs>
0: that's kind of me too. When I tried it, I've I just I didn't fit in at all. And I kind of was like, I don't really like it was great. I made a little money. I went to Europe. It was like girl from Brooklyn, but I was like, I don't want to I don't want to do this shit. Like, okay, you know yeah. what I mean.
1: Yeah, I'm okay.
0: So then after that, did you, you did get signed, right, to agencies?
1: And- I did get signed to, um, I was signed with Elite, and then I was signed with Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. I mean, I did some some good stuff, but for a few years, but I, I didn't love it. Uh, and then I was lucky enough that MTV called uh, and um, asked me to audition, and I auditioned for this, to host this music show on MTV's College Network channel at the time. And I got the job. And then shortly thereafter, MTV News asked me to also be a news anchor there. So I did both those I remember
0: well. that too. I was like, holy shit, now she's like a news anchor. And then you were also, <laughs>
1: you were interviewing can- presidential candidates, right? Yeah, exactly. So I would kind of do a lot of the like indie, like history kind of music. Um, and then I would also do a lot of the politics um, because Gideon Yego had just, or he was just sort of stopping his time at MTV as I was starting. And I kind of took that part of that, um, you know, part of what he was doing was something I was really interested in as well, obviously. So um, I I started doing um, the 08 election and I remember I followed like Huckabee around the country. I got to interview all the candidates. Um, you know, that was cool because that kind of harkened back to what I was interested in the first place.
0: We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, here's something that you maybe don't know about me, but if you know me, then you do know this. I do not relax well. I don't sleep well. With my crazy life, it's just hard for me, and my crazy brain, it's just hard for me to shut it off and chill. I overthink, I stress out, I don't sleep, and you know what? It sucks. So I did my homework, and I found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious, and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies, they are like a must-have now for me on the daily. They chill me out just about 20 minutes. Basically, they take the edge off so I can just like chill out and live scare-free. So there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product is not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday scaries, you know, in the stress-relieving business, not in the stress-causing business. So I got you 25 off to prove it visit sundayscaries.com use my promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for your discount that's promo code b-l-e-a-v for 25 percent off at sundayscaries.com they're effing amazing and you know what you won't regret it and you might get a good night's sleep so like at this point we're like <laughs> this is just so fun. I think this is so fascinating about you. At this point, this is like, mo- uh, like this is a person's entire life, and we're just like early twenties.
1: Yeah, but the problem with that is like, then I go back and I'm like, oh, I really should have stayed in that one. Yeah, well. <laughs> like, you know, you like survey like a bunch of different things you've done, and like you're always thinking, oh, what's the next best thing? I like, got to get the next new thing, and like, what's bigger and bigger and bigger? And there are certain things I found that I passed by a little too quickly, um, and I wish I hadn't. Like- but, you know, like- I don't wish I hadn't because everything leads you to where you're at. But, um, and I'm happy where I'm at. But I mean, you know, aside from that, if I were to look at it through a different lens, like, yeah, I mean, I wish I'd pushed a little bit harder to stay in news um, before I went into finance. And I wish I would given myself an actual shot at that. Um, because I think as soon as MTV started turning to, you know, just about reality television and my, the 08 election, you know, was over and everything they wanted me to do was like hosting live like you know engaged underage and on, like new year's eve or whatever that was it was crazy um and then you know doing all the true life stuff and and then it became about you know it just was like you did the whole chris brown and rihanna thing that was like a million part episode it it just like devolved into like stuff i didn't care about that much more um pop and pop culture really gossipy stuff in, and yeah and instead of pushing to find another network or do more news um i was just kind of like all right well you know on to the next
0: but didn't you have so it was your, it was your choice, but, cause I'm sure people would were like after you and interested in you to do other things. And I mean, it's
1: hard being an MTV news correspondent. Isn't like the number one goal for like CNN. Like they're <laughs> like, let me see your real. And it's like, it's like, you know, fucking red carpet who wore it best. And they're like, we're all set. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also like, you know, knowing what MTV was doing given my interest and my skill set, like I'm sure my time there was going to be limited at some point. So, you know, I, I felt, I felt like maybe it was time for me to look to new, new stuff.
0: And then, and then what did you do? Cause then uh, around this time you wrote a book.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what happened is I left MTV. Um, I was like, okay, what is like a really girl, like where I went to high school, what does she do? And she doesn't know what to do with her career. She applies to law school. So I like <laughs> just felt like the thing to do really. Um, so I did that. Um, and during that time period, because I wasn't working, I, I did some part-time stuff and I was still like, I was still doing like voiceovers for tr- true life. And I was still doing a couple of like, random commercials and things like that. But um, I was like, I guess I decided that I was really getting tired of the social media angle, which is funny because this is like so many years later now. Um, and, I just started writing this sort of like diatribe on, on social media and how it affects our relationships and how it affects our jobs. And, you know, part of the reason MTV devolved into what it's become is because of YouTube and social media, right? I mean, it's just, you know, there's people don't want to just sit and watch whatever music video comes next. That's not interesting anymore. So um, I guess I talked a lot about relationships and friendships too. And, and, I, and, I, and I had a friend who was a lit agent. And I sent it to him, being like, "Do you think this is interesting?" And then he was like, "Actually, I do." And then um, my 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 like idea got bought, and I was like, "I just have to write this thing," <laughs> um, which I don't think was very good. I read um, it. I,
0: I read it. Remember? And I you sent gave it to me to read. I thought it was great. But it is funny that you wrote that um, book about unfriending your ex and all that stuff about social yeah. media before it was what it is now. Like these kids would right. to, like, but- you were ahead of the game.
1: No, but do you see like you can call it ahead of the game, but anyone who writes a book about social media is actually way behind the game because by the time the book comes out, everything in the book is already obsolete. <laughs> it's changed so much. You're like, you're like, write this book and every reason they're like, mm, Yeah, true. Like, this, I forgot top, the lag time like, there. What talking about. So, um, so yeah, that is part of the problem of writing a book about that. Anyway, so I ended up not going to law school, not because of that, thank God. But um, I got in and I had like kind of went to some open houses and talked to people. and I just realized it wasn't it just wasn't for me. I'm way too like type A, need, need instant gratification, wanted something more fast paced. Um, and so that's when um, my dad said, well, you know, I know you don't want to be in finance and I know you never wanted that, but um, you're always interested in markets, at least. And, you know, current events and all of that. So why don't you at least check out what it's all about? And I was like, all right. So that's how that kind of part of my life. So then
0: did you have to go back to school?
1: No, um, no, I mean, to be working, to be in like sales and trading on Wall Street, like what my dad, my dad actually did have a business degree, but you don't really have to do that. Um, But I didn't want to be at a large bank at the time because I was 26 and the way the like, really uh rigid promotion structure of a bank works you know you're like an analyst for this law and then you're an associate and then you're you know and it takes a long time and i didn't want and everyone starts when they're like 20 or 21 or something ridiculous which is sad because they'll miss out on everything else in the world but um I was like, all right, I've had great experience, and that's really cool, but um, I—they're never going to let me in as like a VP or whatever I should be now. So I found a, a smaller shop actually, um, and basically knocked on the door. I knew someone who worked there, and I knocked on the door of the guy who owned it. Probably had a little bit too much ego from my MTV days, <laughs> and um, like knocked the door and said, "Look, um, I don't really know anything, and I don't have any experience, but I'll work ten times as hard as everybody outside your glass door, just." give me a shot, pay me minimum wage, pay me nothing, but let me in the door and let me work for six weeks. Just give me six weeks and I'll find something to do and I'll shadow people and I'll write silly like market notes. Well, at the time I didn't say silly, but they were silly. Um, and he was like, all right, minimum wage or whatever, like start tomorrow, Monday. And so I did. And at the end of the six weeks, um, maybe five weeks, the one of the desks um, offered me a job And that's kind of where it all started. But that's so ballsy. (laughs) That's
0: why I want like girls, young girls to hear some of my guests like you, because I did the same thing when I moved to LA, I had literally nothing. My mom was like, this is a joke. It's never going to happen. I dropped out of school and I knocked on someone. Someone said here, I know, I know a guy, and I just knocked on the door, and I was like, "Just give me, give me, give me three auditions. Just give me a chance. I don't have a sad card, but I promise you, and I'll, I'll do whatever it takes." And I tell people yeah. now, like, there's some of that missing. I mean, I, I know maybe your dad has talked about this, but my mom on the in the Wall Street side, which of, of course, I know nothing, but the I deserve generation, like towards the end when she was getting phased out, you know, the kids that wouldn't work late. And she's like, are you fucking kidding? My mom was a single mom with no college education. She would work till 12, like 1230 no, at Goldman. And I remember kids now, I kids now, listen to us. But I just feel like right. that hustle that you just <laughs> said is, is that's really what you have to have.
1: Yeah, it, it comes from a real hunger that can be really innate as well. And I think I still have it. And it's one of the hardest things about some of the jobs I've had is, when you feel like you have it and you're not given a venue for it. And oh, can really tell me about
0: you. it. It's like my world too. When you're like, I know I could do this, but I just never get the upper, st- I never get those yeah. auditions. I just,
1: why won't someone just let me
0: in the show. <laughs> me, let me see what I can do coach. Yeah,
1: but if exactly. you don't have
0: that balls to do all that stuff to go, all right, I'll audition for a, a reality show. All right, why not? I have an idea for a book. I mean, that's, that's so inspiring to people because a lot of people, they just don't have the, they don't have the courage or they don't know somebody you know, that's going to yeah. support them.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and I felt very fortunate. You know, it's not like part of it is being bold and, and having um, self-confidence, but part of it's also, and being creative, but part of it's also, you know, I, I don't underestimate the privilege I had that I did go to Brearley and I got to be around people that made me feel that good about myself and that I grew up in New York city. So I had, I was already sitting in the place where I needed to do all that from. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it does take a certain gumption or whatever you want to call it as they say, Yeah, exactly, exactly to, um, to knock on those doors, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, I also say that too, coming from New York, I, I I was just a different type, like growing up in Brooklyn and yeah, I went to poly prep and I had opportunities, but I, I know a lot of people that just they grow up in this different, you know, smaller kind of environment or, or they're not exposed to as much. They're not taking the train at 12, you know, like we were. And it's like, yeah. they, things seem so far, far fetched. But yeah. I mean, we were just kind of like, yeah, let's go to a concert. Like, let's go to the, let's go to a concert at 12. Well, all right. I'll meet you in the subway, yeah. which is kind yeah. of insane
1: now. Yeah, sometimes I see 12-year-olds and I'm like, I cannot believe I did things that I did. And I was like, I, I know,
0: I feel like everyone's a little, more, I mean, thankfully,
1: I would um, never let my old do that if I had
0: I, one. I mean, going to like the, going to like the tunnel and
1: I I don't know, the, the, tunnel, show, the limelight, the limelight oh.
0: and, and my mom, you know, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't, I was a good kid, but I was, yeah, I was out like experiencing the world. So I thought, well, yeah, I could be in a fucking band. Sure. Yeah.
1: So, you yeah. know what I mean?
0: Like, but I know a lot of people.
1: Yeah, New York is a, an amazing place to grow up.
0: Yeah, really you're is. just exposed to so many things, and then when when during this crazy what is that Act 70? Did you have time to open a restaurant?
1: <laughs> oh God, I forgot all about that part. Um, <laughs> you know, I was um, I had I had gotten myself involved in a pretty awesome lesbian scene in New York City, um, but the one thing we had were a lot of parties, but over time, the best lesbian bars in New York were closing down. So Meow Mix, Caddyshack, Starlight, or whatever it was called, there were were a bunch that used to be awesome and closed. And there were a couple of of them left, but not, there wasn't really a place I felt like that a young, like successful, you know, kind of professional crew, could get together of all different, um, professions and like really, you know, party pretty hard, but like have a really, really good time together and and have great diversity. And I just felt like that was missing. And so a couple of friends and I, um, from different walks of life got together and decided, let's just do it. Um, the only walk of life that we, didn't have under our belts was, um, ever running any restaurant <laughs> or, or bar. So it would have been potentially a bit smarter to involve someone that knew how to do that. Um, but, uh, we had fun while it lasted. I went and, there. It was awesome. Wait, did you yeah, guys have, fun. did you guys have back it yourselves or did you have investors? I mean, I don't know how uh, I had, we had one silent partner who put in the majority of it. I put in some, um, and the other partner, in very little and was supposed to make up for it otherwise <laughs> i
0: always wanted to open a restaurant but yeah i've waited I, I know how to wait tables that's for sure but finance business running it's
1: hard and also i mean look i wish we had been able to open just a bar but new york city has a lot of strange laws around that and we, we we went a little over our skis but um look we were crowded every night but with the restaurant you know the rent and the you know margin not great in restaurants like no matter how busy we were we were always like breaking even or like making a small amount I was like, dude.
0: What it was it called again? The basley Be- Dalloway. The
1: Dalloway. Ah, the Dalloway. And that's such a great name too. Um, yeah, named after Virginia Woolf. Uh. Um, but, you know, we, it was just too hard for me because I was like doing that and then at the restaurant till midnight or one or two, going home, getting three hours of sleep and getting to work at 730 30 doing the whole day and then going to my, my job, when I was working, when I was working at Citigroup, it was actually like a 10 minute walk from the Dalloway. So I just like would go from one to the other, to the other. And it just became a lot.
0: That is a lot. My God. Yeah. Dave, are you just yeah. like, so in love with her right now? Yeah. He's like in love. Cause you sleeping three, th- 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 like, he, he, you know, he's like, Bonnie, you could sleep when you're dead. Like he, oh uh, yeah, he'll just, he's easy. like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. So he's listening to this going, um, Hello.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I think that's a really No, but good that's a personality
0: out. type too. Like I've, I've, I'm really focused on certain things. And my problem is I've never been able to multi, you know, I'm trying to learn. It's never too late. It's
1: never <laughs> too late. I'm trying to learn that how to is.
0: do other things and, you know, not just be so myopic yeah. about like, cause when I came up in the business, it was like, you're an actress that that's it. And then before that, when I was a singer and I had a record deal, it was like, you're a singer. That's it. And now you could do anything. But when I was yeah, growing up,
1: you kind of have to do more than one thing now. Yes. I and mean, it's like, everyone's
0: doing everything. Every actress has a clothing line or a this line or a podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, my, my idol, Howard Stern, he's like fucking podcasters. Everyone's got a fucking podcast. But you know, when this whole idea happened, it was cause my life kind of just, you know, everything fell apart. My, my relationship, I mean, everything. And I was like, I got to find something else creatively to do. Yeah, but if I could do business as well, oh my God, I'd be a dream girl too. But hey, well, I'm learning how to use a computer. How about that? for the first
1: well. That's time. big. That's big. That's big. And yeah, I, you should tell everybody that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it, if if I can't do it on my iPhone, can't do it. But that's well, just. I just think it's so amazing that you're somebody that is so well. Yeah, you are. You know, a type doer. But like. I just find that. I just find it so inspiring. Every My mom would always brag about you. She'd be like, can you believe it? And now she's this big wig at city. Co- like, I mean, Oh my God, you could have done that Bonnie. I'm like, mom, chill. Like, no, I couldn't have. And what's your role <laughs> you now? Would want,
1: trust like, me. You would not want to. Uh, what's your
0: like, uh, actual role there now? Are you still at city Corp?
1: So No, no. In fact, um, you, th- it's funny because when you came to me with, with, what your podcast is about, it resonated with me for a totally other reason than all the jobs I had. Um, I'm at Bank of America. Uh, I spent my first six years at Bank of America, I guess it was six, five or six, uh, absolutely just on a trajectory like this. Um, I was running teams in Europe and the US and being set up for bigger and bigger roles. And the most recent role I had, I mean, back then, was running a, a big team um, that was, you know, definitely setting me up for something much bigger in a couple of years, and I ended up falling in love with um, someone on my team, and uh, that is not okay in finance. And I disclosed correctly, and I did everything right, um, and it was the best decision of my life. That person is my wife today, um, but it absolutely pummeled my career to a you know, mm-hmm. it took it to a halt. Um, and it was the most difficult for someone who values themselves on their career and has only ever, who's taken almost all of their pride and whose family has taken their pride on their career and friends too. Um, that was like totally an experience that I have never thought I would have. It was probably the hardest thing. I mean, I, I can't imagine going through it again. Um, But, uh, you know, luckily I had her support and we got, and I got through it. Um, And my career probably won't ever be what it was, but I am, I am, you know, hope I'm rebuilding now and hoping that it does become what it was and even greater. But, you know, I made the choice after making the choice over and over and over again to choose my career and to keep pushing and to find the next best thing a million times over. I chose love in the end and, you know, Thank God. Thank God. We're expecting a baby in October. You are? And yeah. Congratulations. Like are amazing, right? Yeah. And things are good. And I have a great job. I mean, look, I, I say all this and yet yeah, I'm running a team within our private bank, which is an incredible job. And it took me kind of a job that I didn't feel so excited about, which is obviously when you disclose that you're dating someone that reports to you, um, you know, that's, you got to go to another, another job. But the firm did still like me and respect me and thought I was, a, you know, a, a good asset to the firm. Um, so they just moved me sort of laterally to another role, a role I didn't really want. Um, and that's what was so difficult, but I fought all of last year to get something I did want. And so now, um, I'm a private banker at bank of America. Uh, what that means is I work rather than working with hedge funds all the time. I now work with individuals and I actually work with some actors and actresses, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like a totally different thing. And I miss the trading floor. Um, you know, your mom understands how fun that can be, but uh I have my life the way I want it I want it, right? And I want I wanted to be able to build a family in a way that made me feel passionate and excited and um, you know, I made the right choice, but it wasn't without major sacrifice. Loss.
0: I mean, yeah, that, I mean I'm sorry that happened to you, but man, I respect you so much and I'm so happy for you. But I've I've been in similar situations and you know, things were supposed to go one way. And again, that's kind of what this whole thing is about. And, um, you know, I had given up on love completely. You know, I was like, it's not, I told my mom, I was like, it's not going to happen for me. Like, I'm just, it's not meant for me. And I just was so depressed and down and gave up completely and met the love of my life at 46. Like right when I said, I'm done. And, you know, and he's been through a divorce, you've been through a divorce. Like you just think maybe it's done. And then, love you can't not choose love how could you not choose love
1: yeah I mean I think that's a thing is that you when people people say to me like how could you possibly have made that choice you're insane um I just think they probably haven't been in love
0: (laughs) honestly it's true because now the way I feel now there are so many things I would never like that I had done in the past that I would never do like with Dave you know because I it's like true real love you know what I mean things I'd done in the past with other people I'm like oh god I feel bad like (laughs) <laughs> I was. An uh,
1: oh, yeah. I mean, I, look, it, it, and, and so it's caused me to reinvent my career. Um, and I, you know, maybe I'll be better for it. Maybe this career is what I've been meaning to do. And it'll be bigger than and better than the other one ever would have been. Oh, it we'll will see. be.
0: Of course okay. it will be well, because so. you're you're well, you're in that pl- pure place, like pure, clear mind, clear heart place. I think that's when good things really. I mean, I started working again after I met Dave and I had this dry spell that was a lot it was my fault a lot of it was like self beating myself yeah. up because i defined myself by my career forever because as actress right yeah. and then i didn't get picked up with this show which had never happened to me and yeah,
1: I, was I remember
0: 40 and i was like just fell off this cliff and then yeah. i meet this person that loves me and supports me and believes in me and like i'm i'm killing it like i'm working again we're doing the podcast mm-hmm. you know so you will yeah, right. i can't believe yeah. you're having no, a baby what are you having do you know
1: oh we we're having a girl oh
0: Congrats. Your parents must be over the moon.
1: They are. My mom is writing us every day about the baby show. Oh.
0: <laughs> and your wedding photo, you always said like there I loves and you guys had
1: to just um, cancel your big. We just, well, right. We've, we've moved. We keep now it's just a party because we're already married. But we keep moving it. Um, and and so we were like actually driving back to the city, I think, um, at, in August of last year. And we were like, you know, let's just do it and so within a day and a half we got like a caterer and got everyone kind of the people that we knew we had like you know 12 we could only have 12 people or whatever it was because of COVID. COVID. We got laura's family on zoom so i because her family's all in the uk she's she's from england and bonus um, so oh my I god and like she's english single, yeah oh. so i would every single ah. hamptons beach trying to figure out where i would find um, the best cell service to get her family on zoom <laughs> found the one And that's where we did the wedding so they could watch it. Um, And it was wonderful. And we'll do it again so that they can come and whatever. But, um, but you know, it was so, it was so like meaningful and intimate and um, special that we just were like, you know what, let's just do it tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, I totally, I I forgot about that. You're one of those weddings that had to be canceled during COVID. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's crazy. So, and you're getting, having a baby. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's so romantic though.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. It was a great wedding. It was a great, strange, small, totally passionate and exciting wedding. Well,
0: yeah, you looked really, you look so happy. Oh, thank you. You really are so, I mean, I, I know Dave was like blown away. I mean, you're just, you're just like one of the coolest chicks I've ever known, even when you were just a teenager, but you've done so much. Like, I just, I find you so inspiring. I want to oh, go out thanks. and like start another business today. <laughs>
1: Let me know. I was going to take um, a nap,
0: but now after this, if I take a nap, my fiance <laughs> might dump me. So <laughs> I'm going to
1: have to do something. Yeah. I hear you. I'm, I, um, it, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long, strange, eclectic road, but, uh, Should we you know, I'm glad of yourself able-
0: though. I mean, having yeah. risks, taking risks. And like, that's what I just, when people message me about this and they're like, thank you so much. I'm like, people don't talk enough about how they fall on their face or they get their heart broken or they get fired. And like, and, and it's okay. It's okay to talk about being yeah. depressed. You know what I mean? Or drinking too yeah. much or, too, you know what I mean? It's okay.
1: Well, I definitely drink too much. There's <laughs> yeah. No way
0: yeah. I'm off the sauce <laughs> for a minute myself, but yeah, no. I, uh, I think everybody uh, drank way too much over COVID. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. That didn't, that didn't help matters. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I think um, what is life if you're not taking risk and how do you ever know what your potential is unless you take the risks? Yeah. Um, and of course you have to take strategic and educated risks, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't raised, <laughs> I wasn't raised to just settle for things. And, um, you know, my dad, I mean, he, he was, he's a very confident, strong-minded guy. And my mom is the same. And, uh, I've always just had a passion for winning and being the best at whatever I can be the best at. So I guess that's just the only way I know how to be to go through life. And sometimes I'm not the best, but I just do something else. Then, which is probably why I've had so many different careers. I know, but how rad
0: is that? When what an, what an awesome mom to have as a role model for your kids. Oh, man.
1: she's the coolest. She is the coolest. No, I met you. Oh, oh, yeah, your me? mom. Your mom forgot. is cool too. Forgot I'm also, forgot I'm also going to be mom. Um, yes, uh, I like, hope to be as good of a parent as my parents yeah, were. To and me. it's
0: it's great that you have that relationship with them. Like I always envied. Like you have the best father daughter mother daughter like and you're an only yeah. child like me and they're you just you guys are so tight it's awesome yeah
1: we're cool we're cool
0: i'm so happy for you
1: thank you so much for doing this i'm, I'm really I'm happy for you thanks a lot i'm so inspired oh nice. well thank you i mean that means a lot to me especially having gone through career-wise what i have over the last couple of years to hear someone say things like that means a lot more than it ever get used
0: to i also think it's inspiring to just choosing love like that and and making a sacrifice like that, knowing that you were at this certain place. Like, I just respect that so much because you, I mean, look at me. I didn't find love till I'm 46. So it's like, I I so believe in that and I just wish you guys the best and I'm so happy for you because
1: Thank you. I was
0: like... Yeah. It's never going to happen for me, you know, and watching everyone else yeah, have come. it and get divorced once or twice. And I was like, can't I can't just get one proposal, like just one divorce, like just, <laughs> yeah, I would love a divorce, Just one divorce. There's everyone else, you know, so I just think that's rad and, yeah. and so inspiring. Cause I'm all about True. love, all about love.
1: Me too. Me too. That's great. Well, when we Congrats come to New
0: York, we better, I want to get together.
1: I'm to New York and come stay at our house in the Hamptons right. and uh, it on the
0: podcast. So now you have to let out. us, you have to let us, cause you just said it on the podcast. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm 100% it's, This is being recorded
0: Awesome <laughs> Alright Kim Alright Thank you Good to talk to you Boom That is a second act girl She should be On the poster I mean I I don't think I've ever met anyone Who has had more second acts And she's Not even 40 I, I, I her her story is just mind-blowing to me and her confidence and her uh, discipline and her dedication and her belief in herself and also following your dream and if you're not happy pivot find another act and start a business if you never did and oh well didn't work out go to something else and that story about the one that like really, Hurt her the most about her her profession, where she was poised, you know, to be the next big thing. Exactly where she could be, it and she had to leave it for love. That's like that makes me cry because that's also finding a second act, but maybe the best act of her life. Because now she has a beautiful family and is having a baby. So you never know what's around the corner. And try everything, do everything. I mean, the girl went and auditioned for America's Next Top Model on a dare. Like, it's awesome and came out on television. I just love her so much. There's nothing about that that doesn't inspire me. Kim, thank you so much. I hope you guys are inspired by her as I am because she really makes me want to go do five other things before I'm 50. So thank you again for tuning in. Please follow me at um, second underscore act underscore podcast on Instagram. And also me, Bonnie Somerville, which is B-O-N-Z, and send me your questions, like I said, because I um, kind of got off the rails for a minute, but really going to start doing this weekly, and I want to have that segment where I answer your questions, so I'm sorry I have not been able to do that, but I'm going to. And yes, listen to that Kim episode, go start a business, why not? Just do whatever you want, because you can have a second act anytime you want, and there is plenty to be had, and it's never over. It ain't over till it's over, so... I hope that inspired you as much as inspired me. And I'm sending you all my love for a great day. Go get them. Go find your second act. You can do it. Go kick some ass today. Lots of love. Bonnie.